There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, filled with excitement, lots of emotions, but I can tell you one thing. I can't wait to finish recording so I can get back to play some Apex. No doubt about it. We're going to be in the arena soon after this episode is done recording. we got a fun episode, though, today. Today, we're going to be breaking down everything you need to know about Season Legacy, from introducing the new Legends abilities to an initial look at the balancing changes to Legends and weapons all alike. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you join our Discord community to chat Apex, the third party, and find squad baits. The link for that is in the description of this episode or in the bio of any of our social medias at this point. Make sure you follow us on Twitch at Third Party Pod. We have our stream schedule updated on Twitch and would love for you to come say hi on our journey to partner. We're still uh, figuring out the final, final stream schedule right now, and it's been fantastic seeing you guys show up to it whenever we've launched it live at this point it's been awesome it's been a blast and just some incredible support recently i mean the twitch support has been awesome we've had an amazing amount of viewers great engagement a crazy number of subs like really shocking Uh, but on top of that our patreon has grown massively month over month we just surpassed another massive milestone of over $1,000 of support per month. And that just means the world to Shay and I. It blows us away. It's crazy. There's two of us. There's a lot that goes into the podcast, technically expenses and equipment. But now we're at a point where we can pretty much just have fun. We don't have to worry about expenses. We have the best of the best equipment for what we need. Now we can kind of just keep on raising the bar and get better and better and better. It's awesome. If you'd like to help continue to grow the third-party podcast and the community that we've grown, consider supporting us on Patreon. We have an awesome channel on Discord that Shay and I participate on a daily basis um, with your pledge. And you can also receive bonus episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, replica weapons signed by us, spruce up your gaming setup a little bit, Mm -hmm. and much, much more. So your support means a lot to us. We look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. And just huge thank yous. Little third party update. Uh, This Saturday, May 8th, we are going to be releasing a full breakdown of the bow check bow, the new hop ups and the changes involved with the marksman rifles. That's going to be a Patreon episode. Head over to our Patreon with the link in the description to get exclusive access. Uh, We mentioned it last Saturday, how we're going to be changing the current episode content rollout for Season Legacy. We're dropping from the two episodes a week back to our regular one episode a week. In turn, though, we're going to be doubling the number of Patreon episodes. But while doing that, we want to decrease the barrier to entry to get onto the Patreon and listen to some of those episodes. So as it stands right now, you join the Patreon at the $3 tier, the syndicates. You're going to get access to one bonus episode per month. Join at the $6 tier, the third party tiers. You're going to get access to three bonus episodes per month. And if you join at the $8 tier, the Apex Legends, you'll get access to four extra bonus episodes per month, including the beloved discussion episode that comes in the last week of each month. Uh, We've just had so much success with the Patreon. We're really excited to kind of put as much effort into it as we can. 
And this is going to be an overall increase in content for everyone when we're talking streams as well now being tacked onto the schedule right now. So everybody's benefiting and we want the people that really want the the nitty gritty details to be able to support us and get a lot out of it. It's the support's just been epic. And really, Shay and I stay up late at night trying to make sure that our Patreon is organized in a way that is an excellent deal and is more than fair. Mm-hmm. Like at the $8 tier, you're getting four bonus episodes on top of the regularly scheduled episodes. That's a dollar an episode. Mm-hmm. Like for Shay and I, that's a, I think that's a pretty fair deal on top of the other benefits of the Discord, of uh, having access to show docs, et cetera. Gamer tips. Like it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we try our best. If you have any feedback, please let us know, but we'd love to have you over there. Um, but another important thing that we need your help with is we don't know what legend to do next for Mastering the Legends. It's completely going to be in the hands of our patrons. So this is kind of a first time, very exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to do Valk next. Yep. All right. That's guaranteed. But apart from her, um, make sure you join uh, the Patreon and cast your vote. So mm-hmm. we'll have a poll there. You'll get to decide who's up next. And uh, that will be exclusive for our patrons. Really excited about it. No doubt about it. With all that fun news, though, let's now talk about season legacy. Last week, we kind of talked about arenas, Valk, map changes, and a bunch more stuff that we kind of heard about early and could focus in on. Uh, You know, legends and now weapon changes are something we can look at and dive deep into now that we know all the exact numbers we've had some time to play a little bit obviously i think everyone listening is familiar with the launch day of season legacy uh, and that i don't think anyone got the expected amount of time on the game that they were looking for uh, and so we're gonna just want to throw the caveat out there that we have not touched everything as much as we would like to as of right now but we're still going to give you every piece of information that you could possibly need anything before we dive into it though we got a lot to talk about. We I can tell a you that. Lot, a Don't lot. worry. There's a lot that you need to know, and we go into all the detail that is going to make you successful. And then maybe eight or nine questions at the end of the show. So why not? Why not? Why not? Starting with the most important thing, obviously, uh, emotes were added to the game. Each legend gets a free emote, and you can craft additional and receive them in Apex packs now of different rarity. Uh, you use them in game. You can use them on the champion screen now in arenas. They're really, really cool. I mean, puts you in third person and you get to do some cool, really related to your character's lore in some way, uh, emote essentially. And they have a very cool anti-peak system to make sure there's not going to be a way people abuse it for cheating essentially. Uh, What are your thoughts? You're the real anti-emote, that kind of thing guy here. I'm curious. I definitely... I'm very attracted to Apex as a game because of how it looks and how it feels. I really like the legends and the voice lines. It's a great mix of kind of animation, but also kind of some realism. And Mm -hmm. that sci-fi, but not cranked up to 11 with blasters everywhere. Um, It's a great game, and I am definitely concerned when you put in you know, sprays and you do dances and yep. do things like that. I loved the hollow sprays because they're temporary. They looked cool. I loved the deployment of them. And likewise with the emotes, I think that they really complement the legends really well. They're a fun level to the game. I, I think they fit really well and I'm impressed. Like a lot of them are 
pretty entertaining, not too far out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think are going to lead to maybe some toxicity that you might be worried of, yep. of people kind of dancing on graves and doing mean things. They look pretty tasteful, which I'm happy to see. Worst I'll do is place a Nessie on your death box. That's the worst. worst. That's the worst I could do to you. Let's talk about some fun stuff now and talk about the supply drop changes to the season. Uh, the Peacekeeper has come into the ground and the triple take has been packed. With that, though, we kind of got an interesting note from the devs in the patch notes about the crate weapons drop rates. And I got a quote I'm going to read there for that. Uh, they said, since we are exchanging a shotgun with a marksman weapon, now was a good time to rebalance the drop rates of crate weapons. The Kraber will spawn less often in the early game and more often in the mid game to better accommodate its power. The triple take will be the most common early game crate weapon, with the Prowler being the most prominent late game crate weapon. Interesting kind of breakdown to see that there actually is some data that goes into that. I think we kind of assumed that was the case, but we've never actually heard any confirmation that that was a thing at all. Yeah, this is really a great thing to explain this switch in my head Mm -hmm. you know the more i was thinking about this switch and we'll talk a little more about it after we dive into the numbers but i was so confused you know when are you going to want to get that triple take in the care package when you used to have kind of this late game shotgun um but i think this is really great news i think it means more crabers a little bit earlier which is nice and then having a high likelihood of having a prowler to end the game is going to be nice and so I'm really happy with this comment and I'm hoping to see a lot more use out of uh, care package weapons because of it. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about the changes now to the Peacekeeper itself, though. Uh, statistically, now the Peacekeeper is going to come with the precision choke by default, can be toggled on and off. The pellet damage was reduced from 10 to 9. The rechamber time was increased from 0.9 seconds to 1.1 seconds. The reload time was increased regular from 2.45 to 2.5. Fully empty, 3.35 to 3.5 seconds. The pellet spread has been increased in general, and the spread when charged has been increased for all charge levels. Uh, And then quickly, you now lose charge after leaving aim down sights. And essentially, the dev said, this is our way of balancing it out now that it's on the ground and not in the care package. The gun needs to be a little less strong. Uh, we know the PK as kind of a metal gun for a lot of people. There was concern that the gun was overpowered and broken, and that's why it got packed. I'm so interested to see how the season unfolds and if the gun uh, takes over again and is perceived as maybe the best shotgun and one of the best close-range guns in the game. Uh, I think it can be very good, very intimidating. I've already been uh, obliterated by it a couple times in arenas. If it's fully choked at that close range, there's not much else that's going to kill you in a faster amount of time. It's such a staple of Apex, the Peacekeeper, and Shay and I were massively shocked that it got care packaged in the first place. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like right after the evolving skin. So weird, you know, there's a peak of hype for the PK. It it has lots of tweaking and balancing done to it. At that point, previous to season five, we thought it was in a pretty good spot. Then to have this kind of out of left field swap for the Mastiff, and now the Mastiff's on the ground was really jarring. And then we've been without the PK on the ground for over a year. So I think this is going to be a big season. It's, I think a lot of people are happy to see it back. Um, but you can certainly expect an episode this season mm-hmm. from us going into the shotgun meta because I think 
now that we have the Mastiff, the Eva, the PK, a buffed Mozam all next to each other, we got some serious stuff to discuss and Could figure be shotgun out. season. Could it, be shotgun season. It's certainly a big deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk triple take now. Uh, as a crate weapon, it's going to come with nine in the ammo clip and 63 reserve ammo. Pretty good amount. I don't think you're going to be running out in most situations, if I'm honest with you. Your fire rate has been increased from 1.2 to 1.3. The time to fully charge reduced from 1.1 seconds to 1 second. Retains charge briefly after leaving aim down sights. The move speed while aiming down sights has been increased to match the marksman class, which is something we're kind of going to dive into later. And it's now faster than snipers, slower than ARs. Also, an increased spread while airborne and aiming down sights. I know people have been talking about how the triple take is the most broken gun in the game, like the most broken sniper in the game for a long time. And I think we were very early adopters of the triple take here at the third party. And no doubt. Very much uh, told people that this is the route they should go. I think it's hilarious to see the gun get transitioned to the ground or to the care package and then not have like damage and reload changes because yeah. that shows you that gun is dang good. Yeah. I mean, we saw a similar story with the Prowler. So the third yeah. party kind mm-hmm. of, we call the shots in terms of what's good, what's overpowered. EA's listening, you it, know. It makes sense <laughs> to me. But what I can say is, like I said before, I was blown away that the triple take was going to the care package. It did not make sense to me. The swap for the PK did not make sense. You were going crazy on stream. I was shocked. <laughs> but what I can tell you is that the triple take is a very, very good weapon. It is not just the best sniper. It is one of the best guns in the game in terms of versatility, in terms of damage output. Mm-hmm. Um, in this current meta of Evo, Evo armor and being able to do pick damage, but also have a versatile gun that can do incredibly good long range with a massive rate of fire, like being able to hit those fully choked up shots for about mm-hmm. 70 at the rate of fire of the triple take is crazy. And so now that it's going to be removed from the general population, I think that's going to be healthy for the game. I think mm-hmm. people find it very frustrating to go against, but I couldn't think of honestly a better candidate, you know, of yeah. something that mm-hmm. should go to the care package. We don't really want to see the triple take nerfed, but I'm actually, I'm on board for this change when I was not anticipating that to be the case. I think once I realized the situation and I thought back to all the times that I had been <laughs> triple took it, yes. I thought, you know what, maybe it's not too bad. And with these buffs, I think this thing, you're going to be picking it up most of the time, to be honest. I agree. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is my early take on the season. I think that the charge rifle is going to secure a serious spot in the meta as maybe the sniper to carry. Uh, We've already run into it early on in arenas as the dominant gun. Uh, People in the playtest run into it as a dominant gun in the arenas. I think that gun could potentially, with the kind of the competition to have with the triple take from bullet drop being like an easy sniper to use i think we could see that gun skyrocket in usage uh for better or for worse i'm not sure we've had a charge rifle meta before yeah i didn't think it was too annoying uh but i definitely know it was a point of issue for a lot of people 
Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but like the charge rifle has had considerable nerfs, and oh, it's yeah, the no only doubt. sniper without an extended mag. Mm-hmm. It only has four shots, but it takes eight ammo to get those out. Mm-hmm. The reload is incredible on it, so in, in a bad way. So it's like it's very interesting that it's kind of it's click and drag aim. Mm-hmm. It can do some serious damage. It's more of a playstyle thing that gives it the power. Yes. Is really it's able to kind of suppress. But also, if you're just lollygagging about, it's going to punish you. So I think that's a good recommendation or a good prediction. um, And we'll definitely be checking up on that. No doubt. Let's talk more weapons in general, though. Now we got changes to the assault rifles as a class. They reduced the headshot multiplier for all assault rifles from 2 to 1.75. Dev note for this. This was already the case for the hemlocks of the affected guns are the R301 Flatline and Havoc. Uh, this was an interesting one, kind of one that we were not expecting to hear in the slightest. Do you have any early impressions on what the impact it might be? We don't really talk headshots, honestly, too much in general when we talk weapon stats because predicting and accounting for headshots is a very tough thing to do in this game. It's by no means easy, uh, but this is a sizable number we're decreasing by in this multiplier. Yeah, so on the low end, the R301, this is a difference of a little over four damage mm-hmm. per headshot. So it, it's interesting to see and kind of complicated to see what is really the impact. I think the purpose of this is really to create more separation between the assault rifles and the marksman rifles. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be aiming for the head with someone like the G7 with a two yep. to four and less so with the flat line. And mm-hmm. so I think you likely won't feel this ever, but it it is kind of one of those nerfs that will kind of be in the shadows and may account for some losses, but more so, I think it's just kind of a a tactical difference. I don't in think that you're not going to be pointing to it essentially. No, so it, I think the R three hundred one is excellent. The flatline is excellent. The havoc has some interesting changes that we'll talk about, and the hemlock is still an incredible weapon. Like the fact of the matter is, the full auto guns in this game are incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And I have this idea for an episode topic somewhere of ranking the full auto weapons just mm-hmm. because they're so competitive. Like they are so so good. Let's talk 30 30 now. The 3030 got a couple changes. Increased leg damage multiplier from 0.75 to 0.85. And along with all the other guns that got put into the marksman class, the move speed while aiming down sights has been increased to match the other marksman weapons. It's now sits in between these snipers as faster than them, and the ARs slower than the ARs. Dev note was kind of interesting here. 3030 could use some love. We're bringing up the amount of leg damage it does. This should make it a bit more consistent without raising its high. Best case damage potential. You know, I don't think we looked at the leg damage multiplier as a big shift in anything uh, yeah. for the gun itself, but we were excited by the ability to put the new hop-up shatter caps on it. Uh, and so shatter caps can now be used on the 3030. It shoots seven pellets out. They hit for a total of 56 damage or eight damage per pellet hit fire. If you're charged up with the shatter caps and you hit all the pellet damage, all the pellets, you deal 70 damage. This gun is something we talked about for a while, lacking up-close versatility. This hop-up has given it to it straight up, and so I am thrilled uh, to see this change and to see if the 3030 can crack its way into a meta gun at all. Yeah, um, 
We're going to be talking more about this on the Saturday Patreon episode. Yep. Needless to say, we're both excited about it, but there's a lot to dive into and kind of the specifics on it and how you should utilize this weapon. And, you know, it's a unique one given the attachments for it, this new hop up. There's a lot to kind of unpack here and where it now sits. Yep. Before it was between the G7 and the longbow. Now with this hop up, where does it sit? Mm-hmm. Because the longbow can't do this. No, no, like, no. It's a very, very big change, one that we were not expecting, but was what we think the 3030 needed. Next, we have the Spitfire, with the change being a reduced recoil controllability early in the pattern. Interesting enough, the devs kind of talked about how the Spitfire is too strong at the moment, and they are prepared to make more changes if need be. I haven't spent a ton of time on this gun yet, but my first impressions of it were that I didn't notice much of a difference. Like, being completely honest with you, I don't think that the recoil was incredibly noticeable. And I've used the gun for a while, and so maybe for newer people coming to the game, it might be something tough. Uh, but I was using it no barrel stabilizer uh, and feeling pretty confident still at this point. Uh, so, I don't know, have you had the opportunity to touch the Spitfire yet? I have. I was using it in arenas quite a bit, um, and it's still strong. It's one that you can definitely depend on. Mm -hmm. It's a very dependable weapon that's incredibly forgiving, but also very punishing. Um, You definitely should be rocking it at any skill level. And it's a weird thing for us to say just because we were not on that train a year ago, but a lot has changed. And I think the Spitfire has definitely not been taken down um yet so we were anti for a while we were anti and Mm -hmm. i I think it's it's come a long way and it's going to be interesting to talk with developers and designers about where the spitfire spitfire is and where do we want it to be um something we're really excited about yeah definitely next we have the havoc with an increased recoil controllability early in the pattern the opposite of the Spitfire. The dev note here says that this should help make up for the reduced headshot multiplier and make it a bit more usable in mid-range fights. Uh, I will actually say, first impressions, the recoil pattern, uh, it still does a little bit of a nudge to the right. Not as pronounced as it used to be. It feels a bit more controllable in general, especially from any range further than hip fire, which is what we said it was the only thing good for last season, essentially. Uh, Especially if you have that turbo on it. I think it's still not close to what it was in, was it season six where it was maybe that really, really, or five, that was a really dominant gun. That, like it might have been four. four. It might have been four. Yeah. It was, it's not Had there. The built in turbo. But I think it actually, I like the concept of a gun being kind of a laser ish thing off rip with no attachments and i think it's a little bit closer to now usable than it was at least last season yeah looking at that recoil is really big the charge up time is still gonna gonna hurt you there but the havoc is definitely getting more uh competitive with this change which is a a pleasant surprise talk about your beloved g7 scout i don't i don't want to read off your gun i just don't want to steal it from you yeah so the g7 (laughs) or as some have said the h7 the henry 7 (laughs) Um, the ADS movement speed, um, has been increased along with the other marksman rifles and weapons to be in line kind of in between the, uh, the ARs and the snipers. Um, again, we'll talk more about kind of the marksman, uh, class on Saturday, but the kind of thing that I was excited about, uh, was that, and then 
having a little nerf potentially the increased hip fire spread. Um, needless to say, haven't felt it yet. Haven't felt it Been yet just at all. Dominating with the G7 in arenas. I'm so happy that a on buy you get uh one times mm-hmm. and on common upgrades you get a bruiser so that blew my mind i'm incredibly excited about it it's working excellent for me um definitely recommend giving it a shot let's talk about the longbow and the wingman now they both got a couple little changes here the longbow was increased in headshot multiplier from 2 to 2.15 and the wingman increased from headshot multiplier from 2 to 2.15 as well Dev note here is as we've done before when the skull piercer is out of the loot pool, we're giving the longbow and wingman a compensatory buff. These are numbers are very, very similar to the last time they, you know, made the buff and the adjustments for the skull piercer being gone. And so essentially those guns are relevant then. They're relevant with the skull piercer. Uh, we kind of talk about it as maybe being a bit of a maybe a slightly overhyped hop up in certain ways. These guns are going to be very usable still uh, and early signs of them being loved in arenas right now. Yeah, no doubt. I think the the headshot multiplier is something that you don't have to get too worried about. No doubt. Let's talk Mozam now. They increased the magazine capacity from four to six and they moved the lower two pellets inwards in the blast pattern, essentially making it easier to hit multiple pellets if you're locked onto your target. Uh, the dev note here, this brings up the baseline power level. So quote unquote, only finding a Mozambique early in the match gives you more of a fighting chance and makes up for the removal of hammer points. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to go, should I go P2020 and then yeah, we, let's roll both of them. P2020. Uh, changes increased bullet damage from 15 to 18 and they lowered the fire rate from 8.5 to 6.25 dev note here as well similar to the mozam we want to bring up the p2020's baseline power level a bit most players couldn't take advantage of the fast fire rate so bringing that down while increasing the damage should help more players win more early fights with the p2020 interesting changes we were not expecting hammer point to disappear it, i mean they introduced two new purple hop-ups so they kind of had to go unfortunately um do you have any early impressions of using these guns though at all so yeah i think that it's also an interesting time because yes we have the hop-up changes but then we also have this arenas mode that allows you to choose between the p20 and the mozam for free putting them as even essentially it's a very interesting which is something that we didn't really feel especially with hammer point but um, what I can say is the Mozambique always had a very, very consistent, close, close range blast pattern. Mm-hmm. Now it's even stronger and increasing that magazine size makes the gun way easier to use, much totally. more forgiving. It still has a horrible reload speed, like mm-hmm. horrible, but like the worst shotgun reload speed. Mm-hmm. It's very embarrassing, but um, this makes it a lot easier. And what I'll say about the P2020 is that the lower fire rate is totally okay. Like, I think you can still use it. You're not going to be rapid firing, but you can still put out a decent number of shots. And then I think the damage is totally appropriate. So I'm happy with these changes. I think that both of these weapons were interesting because they were at the bottom tier. But then with the hammer point, they had a very unique situation where they could rise to the top. Yep. And now... And now they are not necessarily given that opportunity. Now there's no hammer point but they're not at the very bottom. They still 
like relatively are, but they're now closer to a competitive weapon in the middle um, in terms of how easy they are to use and how powerful they are. Yeah, I think they have turned into effective sidearms without a doubt uh, off the rip with no attachments for arenas. And I've had success finishing off kills with both of these weapons. I said it on stream and I'll say it on this pod. I don't have an early favorite. I've had success with both of them so far. I'm curious to see if I develop an affinity towards one of these guns. I would have told you easily the P2020 uh, beforehand, but the mag size change to the Mozam is serious and actually will make a difference, I think, for a lot of players out there. I'm so curious to see if we get maybe any numbers about like what's the most common one picked in arenas particularly. I do think, despite the guns being useful, I think in BR, they've taken a pretty far step back because of the lack of a ceiling with hammer point essentially i think uh while they can be effective i can't convince myself that a p2020 with hammer point or without hammer point could you know compete with like r9 like you could have fun and use the p2020 hammer point you can't really do it anymore uh, in the same vein last kind of weapon thing but we're it's an ordinance we got to change to the arc stars so the aim and movement slow has been removed from the initial stick Interesting dev note here, we'll read it off. Sticking someone should feel rewarding, considering it's a rare occurrence that's difficult to pull off. While an argument can be made that getting stuck should be a personal death sentence, the inability to at least relocate and spare teammates from the follow-up explosion makes it hard to counter against a coordinated team. This change should help mitigate that without stripping away the satisfaction of hitting a nice stick. Interesting changes. Do you have early impressions? Uh... I haven't really been impacted a lot yet, but mm-hmm. I can say that it was pretty unfair to have that stun to not be able to fight back or move or even get away from your teammates if you were stuck. And so I think this That's is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be something to watch out for and you will feel it. Um, it sucks when you get stuck and you know you're about to screw your teammates. Yeah. And now you can at least sacrifice yourself for the well-being of the squad and give them a chance you know (laughs) yeah it's this tough balance in my mind about do you want to reward players and punish their enemies Mm -hmm. like based on skills or do you want to decrease the amount of frustration in a game that's supposed to be fun and i think with the arc star there's a lot of that excitement uh when you do get a stick but the frustration on the other side can sometimes be a little bit unbalanced so i I like these kind of decisions they're kind of growing on me this philosophy and i'm excited to talk more about this moving forward let's do it let's talk legends now okay we got a lot of legend changes to cover uh one of which we'll try not to go too passionate on and uh maybe go a little crazy before we do any of that though we don't have anything in here penciled in on valk because valk we're gonna do mastering the legends on not next week but the week after Give us some time. Really let us figure it out. Uh, figure her kid out how to become the best Valk player you can be. And so we really covered her a lot last week and her abilities. We nailed them all. Is there any little tidbit, though, you want to maybe throw in at all before we just dive into the rest of these legends? And just I know people might be somewhat curious yeah. for anything. She's really fun. The mm-hmm. passive is strong and the ultimate is a lot more versatile than I thought it would be Yep, in theory. It's we're, a really cool thing, and I'm, I think we're both excited to dive into her. So hyped to dive in. 
my early impression, which might change, but I know it's something I see a lot on social media. I just want to say I've been playing on hold for the jetpack uh, for using it most effectively. That's what I've found early. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be the long term, but I wanted in case someone was looking for an answer to that question. And that just means you're not you're holding down a the second time when you want to actually activate the pack rather than it being a double tap toggle. With that, though, let's talk about the legend changes in Apex Legends. Low profile removed from Wraith, Lifeline, and Watson. It's gone for the game, probably never returning. I mean, seemed like they were pretty adamant about getting it out. Interesting. I think that there could be serious changes from this. Like, do you have any thoughts on low profile, fortified, that kind of? We've had so many discussions on it. Like, do we have any final peaceful thoughts for them at all as they leave? I I think this is an interesting thing, and I'm excited to see how it plays out, to be honest. A lot of people are speculating that, you know, Wraith is going to come back into the spotlight. Yeah. That this is the time, low profile is gone. And potentially, likewise, with Lifeline and Watson, you know, both of they were kind of, people were upset that they had low profile in mm-hmm. the first place. People understood it with Wraith. Um, but now Lifeline and Watson, like, Lifeline has the smallest tip box in the game. Yep. So now it's like, okay, that is a fact and mm-hmm. there is no compensation for that. Um, removing low profile in the past seemingly did wonders for Pathfinder. Yep. We have some, you know, skepticism of that, but I think we'll see. This is going to be a long-term impact. Mm-hmm. We may not even feel the effects at the end of this season mm-hmm. just because new legend, that'll be kind of competitive it's with Ray. It's long term. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time for us to actually feel this difference. And to be honest, I'm not sure we're going to be able to point to it and say, man, that legend got a lot better because they had low profile off their back. It's it, going to be hard to point to that, but we will if the time comes. No doubt about it. It's something we are very interested in bringing up next week in our conversations uh, with the dev potentially about kind of this change and what it means for the future of the game and how we can look at it as players impacting meta, pick rate, win rate, all that kind of fun stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk lifeline. Okay. We're going to big changes, big changes. I'll read the abilities here. Passive combat revive no longer deploys a shield. You can now revive two players at the same time. You can now cancel active revives in progress to allow your teammate to defend themselves with their knockdown shield. Thinking one by one or take it all at the same time? Um, let's do one by one with her. Okay. A little different than we normally do. It, uh, it makes sense because yeah. there's a lot that goes into this. This is what we were thinking would kind of happen. A lot of people were saying, oh man, lifelines like res is going to be gone. The key word, obviously, with all those previous leaks and the devs talking was the shield's gone. And the shield is gone. I don't think either of us were expecting the ability to revive two people at the same time, though. That's very interesting. No, that's uh, quite good. Allows you to really be able to fulfill that medic role still. Um, I'm happy with this. I think this is a good mm-hmm. direction for Lifeline to go. It's good that she's not losing this uh, medic role. Yep. I think she still has a lot of uh, power put into it. And the fact that now you can, you know, res a lot, lot faster and be able to heal up, loot, fight off a third party, mm-hmm. um, I think really is nice. So I'm happy with this. No shield means that 
it is now a lot simpler of a counter. If you feel the need to, if you are a third party and if you're in arenas, I think you guys are going to figure out how to play around the lack of a shield and hopefully be a lot less frustrated for the better. And here's the deal. I mean, if you still are in a combat situation with Lifeline and somebody goes down, the enemy's still going to have to decide, am I going to shoot the downed person? Or hopefully the Lifeline is right there shooting back. If you're a Lifeline and you're hitting the res and dipping, not effective. You're not very good at the game. Mm -hmm. Like you really can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like now, so you don't have any wiggle room in Mm -hmm. that because you'll just be eliminating your teammates essentially by putting a bright drone on them. Yeah. We talk about Mirage being effective because he can get people to waste a mag. Mm -hmm. Lifeline can now do it with her passive. If someone goes down, and, you know, obviously there's a little bit more uh, repercussions for shooting your teammate versus shooting a decoy, but I think that's kind of the mentality you have to have more so than maybe going in with it as a shield per se. Let's talk tactical now. Doc heal drone. The heal rate has been increased from 5 HP per second to 8 HP per second. The deployment time before healing begins reduced by roughly 33%. This tactical is solid. Um, I didn't particularly feel a major difference in this, but it's a solid ability. A lot of times uh, people forget about this ability, think that it's maybe an early game ability only. This thing's very versatile and very strong. You can use it in combat. You can use it post-combat, getting ready for the third party, looting, can heal the whole team. You save a little bit of heals. It's an interesting thing. I don't think this buff is necessarily... uh, pivotal in lifeline play let's get it let's talk about the big one the ultimate the care package cooldown has been reduced from six minutes to five minutes it now guarantees an upgrade if possible in three categories body shield other equipment which is helmet backpack and knockdown shield and weapon attachments based on your team's current gear when the package arrives it sounds very good in practice yes our early experiences using this in arenas for henry and us testing it in the care packages you will now open up a care pack after five minutes and you will pull a blue backpack blue armor and meds particularly the drop from purple to blue is pretty major i don't want us to get too negative i it's interesting like we both looked at it and we're like this has to be a buck this can't be the way it's supposed to go right i it's hard for me to hold back on this just because it was not what i think we were promised you know the devs had kind of explained that they wanted to remove power from from the passive and give it to that ultimate and there was a lot of speculation on changing the pack but we have the pack, we're going to keep it, and we thought that we were getting a meaningful buff here mm-hmm. with the fact that you could have a guaranteed upgrade. We just were not told that that guaranteed upgrade would actually be less of an upgrade than we previously expected. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get a blue bag, blue knockdown, blue shield mm-hmm. from a care package on Lifeline, and now you can, and that is a real disappointment. In-game, by the time you're carrying, pulling one of these down, if you're not on King's Canyon, which we won't be all season, mm-hmm. it's possible that you do get nice upgrades. You can get gold mm-hmm. from these care packages. What we were more 
kind of anticipating, we thought you'd still be getting purple armor guaranteed. Not the case. Disappointing. But we thought that if you had a devotion and you needed the turbocharger, Mm -hmm. you would get it and it would just be a guaranteed upgrade. Mm -hmm. Can't confirm that right now. And our initial testing. Same with Anvil. Very disappointing. Mm -hmm. Where you put it into a box and you say, okay, I have everything I need. Every attachment except for one is not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And that's really disappointing when you have to wait five minutes. And Lifeline's with this ability is supposed to be that looter that can fill the gaps now. And I don't think this is a buff to the care package. I really do not. I envision so many situations where it's like, okay, you know, hey, team, because it takes the entire team into account. I'm dropping this pack. Hopefully we get that anvil. Hopefully we get that uh, extended mag. And getting gold extended mags is cool. I that's mean, new. That's, that's new. new. That's cool. Good. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly what we thought could happen. But I'm seeing, I can envision situations where you drop that care pack down, uh, you get gold armor, which some people, you know, if you got red, you might not drop your red for gold. I think that's a, you know, I think there's a good argument either way, essentially. I'm, uh, you're on the red side. I might be a bit more on the gold side, just depending on the heal situation. But imagine just pulling a stock. Getting a purple stock as your guaranteed upgrade after five minutes. That's that's tough. That's not a buff. That's not it's what not a we buff were when, looking for. I mean, there's no reason that a stock should even be in the rotation. Yeah. There really isn't. Because there's always a gold mag that you could default to. Mm-hmm. And that should be a guarantee. It should be a guaranteed gold upgrade. And I understand the complexities of having to tailor it to Lifeline's current weapons yep. or Lifeline Squad's current weapons. I understand that as a difficulty. But if you say you're going to do it, I think you could do it in a little bit better way. So initially disappointed by this. There are some, you know, silver linings here, but wasn't the huge boost in power to the ultimate that everyone kind of expected. I think overall negative for a lifeline so far. Early impressions. uh, She's someone that's going to come up when we talk to the devs next week. Uh, We'll have some questions ready. Uh, Hopefully questions that you guys might be asking as well we have the same questions octane the tactical has been reduced the cooldown between stems from four seconds to one seconds but increased the health cost from 12 hp to 20 hp interesting interesting change talk to me a little bit about this one i know you have some comments from the dev stream you're excited to share yeah so i think this is a really cool change i really love the perspective and i love kind of the power shift here Mm -hmm. um essentially in order to heal with the combination of the passive uh and the damage done by the tactical um it used to take eight seconds for octane to recover fully from stimming once now it takes just over 13 seconds that's a big difference Mm -hmm. that's a five second difference in passive healing in order to recover that's a syringe that's no joke mm -hmm. so it's like you that takes time um but that being said um i think this is a much more healthy place for octane to be and potentially a buff in speed um Mm -hmm. if you think about being able to now chain together stems faster at a cost but being able to do it in a way that you can be a lot more aggressive you can kind of be like bloodhound bathing in the blue leading the charge, being super aggressive, um, and not incurring that huge uh, cooldown in between in time, which doesn't really fit the character. Um, 
On top of that, there was a change to the ultimate. Increased bullet spread while in the air shooting from the low trajectory launch pad. Um, can't say I'm feeling that nope. um, in initial tests. I don't mm-hmm. think that's something to get too upset about. But the dev notes that I wanted to mention were that they say Octane continuously uh, continues to perform really well after the latest changes. Potentially too well. We still love the frequency of the jump pad, but we like to make using his stim somewhat something Octane thinks about doing at the right time instead of always stimming uh, by default. Um, Daniel Klein also noted in the dev stream that Octane is a very fun legend and that the jump pads being strong is awesome because anyone in the game can enjoy them. I definitely subscribe to that uh, line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the jump pads are super fun and were a great change. Wouldn't want to see that brought down, but I think this is going to put Octane's tactical in a lot more healthy place. Yes. I played a ton of Octane last season. He was kind of the ranked meta for a lot of people incredibly high pick rate and win rate in certain categorizations of players i just think this is good i think that you're not gonna feel like it's a deal breaker with the 12 to 20 hp and so i think you're still going to be able to play him but i also think it opens the door for you to be like oh maybe i should play valk or maybe i should play you know pathfinder instead of him more so than just being like well he can go fast and i barely notice the pain and my jump pad can move the entire team at any time. I think that while he's still going to be good, he has a bit more. He's just closer to the middle. It's like closer to where he needs to be, essentially. Very little change. Excited to see if he is still the meta for a lot of ranked people, though, coming into this next split. Let's talk Loba. Oh, my gosh. Oh, big, my gosh. Big deal here. We've been talking about this for seasons. Tactical change can now run and slide at full speed while aiming the bracelet and while the bracelet is in the air, Loba will no longer be slowed after translocation. Additionally, they fixed a lot of bugs that caused the bracelet tosses to fail. Uh, To offset this though, the Black Market Boutique has been increased in cooldown from 90 seconds to 120 seconds. I don't think there was more of an ability that Henry and I went into the firing range with and were like, oh heck yeah like this is gonna change her like this is gonna make playing loba so much better i don't even know man you've had early impressions as loba potentially being a necessity in arenas i'm excited to kind of dive in and test her out uh after this episode i think she could be really cool if she really works i've loved her for so long yeah you really have this change to the tactical just adds an incredible amount of speed and with that versatility offensive defensive high ground grabbing looting being a burglar's best friend like this makes so much sense and it is a very needed buff that i'm really looking forward to the changes to the black market um, will also carry over to that initial fast charge time Mm -hmm. so instead of it being a 45 second it'll be a minute um, until you get your first one off drop not too uh not too bad there um i think that definitely makes sense to to turn that down a little bit it was getting a little overwhelming Mm -hmm. you had too many didn't know what to do (laughs) um but the tactical is excellent it's excellent i'm really excited about it and loba's a super fun legend to play one that is definitely overlooked if she works i'm gonna be playing her a ton you know i i'm gonna be playing a ton of valk to prep for mastering uh this season as it's uh it's my shift you got a little unlucky with i think the fusey boy uh but also we will be doing a bit more of a tag team on this one so stay tuned for that style but 
I think after the initial like serious dive into Valk, uh, I'm going to end up playing a lot of Loba by the time the end of the season rolls around because she's just awesome. I've loved her kit for a long time and just if it works, it's great in my opinion. And now it works theoretically and it's even better. So great combo for me. <laughs> no doubt. Horizon. Big changes to the tactical, reduce the lift speed by 30%, reduce side-to-side acceleration, limited the time you can sit at the top of the gravity lift to 2 seconds, increased the cooldown from 15 seconds to 20 seconds, 33% increase, and Horizon's abilities will now get zapped by Watson's pylons. I'm going to read the full dev notes for this one because it's pretty good. Horizon is powerful and popular, but that's not why we're making these changes. We believe that mistakes in Apex Legends should be punishable, and when Horizon could just get herself out of bad positioning while popping a whole battery, this just wasn't true. These changes have two goals. One, make it more possible for enemies to shoot Horizon as she sits in her gravity lift, and two, make gravity lifts less of an impromptu sniper tower. I think they've accomplished both of those changes with these changes to the ability. I had a, I have a buddy, Jordan, who jokingly, anytime he sees a Horizon, says, this character is going to give me arthritis because of how much you're moving to try and shoot that lady while she's at the top of her uh, gravity lift. I'm so excited to get into more BR games and see, okay, can I actually like hit this girl now that she's at the top of that lift and with these changes? I think that she's still going to be good, though, is the early impressions. I think that this change is massive. I think this is a a pretty huge nerf. Mm -hmm. I think that it is definitely limiting the versatility of the Horizon Tactical, um, that you cannot use it as offensively as before. Um, I had some really nice moments on stream and would use the Kraber (laughs) at the top of this thing. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. Straight up can't do it. Um, You know, this got hit hard. This was a 33% increase to the cooldown on the Tactical. I do not believe you can strafe at all and you're slower, and you can't stay up top. This was a lot at once, and I think that it just really changes. Now this is an ability that allows you to get you and your team quickly to high ground. Mm-hmm. Maybe block doors. But outside of that, this is not you're not putting this in open field and being able to, to jerk on people and being able to heal as well. Mm-hmm. That, I believe, has been eliminated. Like That's not happening anymore. Yeah. Which is big to happen all at once. And I think with Valk coming in, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we knew these legends would compete. With this change, I think that competition is probably more fair. Oh, definitely. It's definitely more fair. I think it's interesting that the ult wasn't hit super hard because, you know, obviously was zapping it by Watson pylons probably makes sense and will be effective in certain situations. I just know that that ult is the cause of a lot of frustration for people in games right now. A lot of people get really, really annoyed when they're sucked into grenades and the Watson ultimate. Uh, And I think that's now where a lot of the power in her kit resides. It's already where a lot of the power was before, but now that's going to be, I think, even a bigger focus. going to be really interesting to see if in a season or two, if we get any flip-flops maybe at all uh, and bringing it out if people continue to stay frustrated by that ultimate in-game. The ultimate was hit last season with a little bit of cooldown change. I think that there's not enough players are coupling the grenades. Like, I think that when you don't use grenades as well, it's pretty easy to get out of. You gotta use nades. You can chuck it really far and so a lot of times I'm able to sneak out and it's not a huge, like, 
frustration mm-hmm. or a real power unless you're coupling it with nades. So that's why you got to listen there. to Mastering the Legends for Horizon. No, no doubt. doubt. Let's talk Fuse now. Knuckle cluster changes. Fuse now has two stacks of the knuckle cluster and the cooldown has been reduced from 25 to 20 seconds. The devs say that more help is coming, but we want to be very careful how we buff him so he doesn't just become the legend that kills you with his abilities. We talked tricky, tricky to balance. Tricky to balance. We did a whole Patreon episode on it. This came up, adding two charges. Thought it was a very good thing. I know we got a couple fuse players in our fan base that are very excited for this. Do you think this is going to shift him at all? Where he needs to go versus where he's at? I think that he should have come out with two charges on the knuckle cluster. Agreed. I think I may have said it in the Mastering the Legends right off the bat. Like, I think that this was very much needed. It allows a lot more versatility, a lot more forgiveness, um, and should be nice. I don't think it's necessarily going to skyrocket fuse up into the top five or the top ten, mm-hmm. but it's going to feel a lot better uh, to play as fuse and to have that flexibility. Definitely. Bangalore changes for the tactical. They rethicken the smoke to before season eight when they inadvertently nerfed the smoke particles and visibility. Oh my goodness, I had my best season playing in Bangalore smoke, and uh, now I know why. So I'm going to be back to playing my ultimate counter in every game. So if you ever want to stream snipe us, just show up as a Bangalore and you're playing a three on two. So dang. Yeah. Brutal. A nice little change. It seemed like it was accidental accidental in a way and mm-hmm. kind of got caught up in the caustic like witch hunt yeah. almost mm-hmm. like angler kind of got stuck there in was there. Just, oh, other things to focus on also yeah. like yeah so that's fixed bloodhound changes the tactical will no longer receive assist from eye of the alt father this was an interesting one we kind of got it told to us by john larson uh before the season we were kind of interested if this would come true, but Bloodhound dominates pick rate and ranked. And I think this is just that attempt of, okay, let's try to discourage players from using the scan when there was no need to do a scan, but they just wanted to get that assist point kind of thing. Like we talk about how the scan is an incredibly useful ability, one that is potentially worthy of an assist. It just seems with the size of it, though, it was too easy to abuse. We told you whenever you guys asked, Bloodhound is the solo queue legend for you. I don't know if that's going to be the case this season. It's still going to be very, very good. Do you think this is going to change the pick rate and rank at all, potentially? I'm curious. I really am. Mm-hmm. I think that Bloodhound still has a ton of power. You and I are huge fans of Bloodhound. Totally. Um like you said, we were kind of questioning, you know, the fairness of taking away the assist just because there is nothing more assisting mm-hmm. than wall Knowing hacking someone, someone for four is, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite powerful. But I think I really like the explanation that it was too easy. Yeah. It, you were gaining assists without skill because you could not even be looking near someone mm-hmm. and be able to go through two buildings and get an assist. Yeah. Not really strategic, not really the ranked mentality of, you know, who's best. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this is a good move. And I think hopefully moving forward, we remove more assists that come from 
legend abilities. Yeah. Just kind of clearing the slate on that. Mm-hmm. Crypto also got some changes. Crypto's drone can now scan and open care packages and can no longer use his drone to quote-unquote hijack a respawn beacon that's already in use. Um, I think that Crypto is in an interesting spot. We got plans to potentially talk about him on Patreon coming up eventually. Neither you or I have dove into Crypto like 100% in depth. We might for Mastering the Legends if you all vote for it. But I think that Crypto is still great at what he does which is if you are the type of person that wants to play in a drone if you're the type of person that's not a big gunfight person you're not incredibly confident in your gun skill this is a legend for you where you can still be effective and help the team uh without your gun but there's also a lot of a lot of caveats and negatives to that as well so tough spot but further buffing that drone even more. They've really committed to that path and it's there. I think they're going to stay to it until something major maybe has to happen. I've said it before. I think in order to be an effective crypto, you have to be a genius that you have to be balancing so many things at once. The Intel has to be just crazy. I opt for a bloodhound scan because I am not a genius. Mm -hmm. So much easier, so much more versatile, but you can be very precise with the drone and there's such a wide variety of things you can do for your team just it requires a lot of precision a lot of technical skill a lot of mental capacity and a lot of communication on your team our legend of play is certainly on the list to talk about and an interesting one at that no doubt about it let's talk some quality of life changes that we think might make a difference on the game the first of which is one that's really cool there's been changes to the dropship path they altered the path in order to cross over the center of the map in order to be more effective spreading in spreading out teams and ensure that areas of the maps are not being ignored for an entire game i actually really like the look of the image they showed in the patch notes for this do you think this is a overall healthy thing? I know we've played games where we drop on the, we we drop edge POIs a lot of the time and we like them, uh, but we might not see people till there's five squads left in the game for certain games. Yeah, I think this is gonna be really healthy for the game. I think it'll help out with pacing a lot. I think it'll help out with kind of entertainment and that you won't find yourself, you know, missing out on whole areas mm-hmm. of the map. Um, I think it's gonna be good. Um, but at the same time, it could make things more difficult. You know, if the ring. Uh, is onto one side uh, and you had a kind of a straight shot, you're going to maybe more often have longer rotations, but that's intentional. And I think they want you to be traversing the whole map um, when necessary. I also think that uh, there's something the pro scene has been asking for for a while, and it's going to be healthy for that pro scene, making things a bit more balanced and fair. Next change, while looting, you can now see your squad mate's health. Thank goodness, because when you were uh, getting shot and I was in my box, I had no idea beforehand. Now you know. Now it's I know. It's not time to loot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is a nice quality of life, nice UI fix. Um, definitely nice to see. Players can now request better equipment by going into their inventory and pinging a piece of equipment. Awesome. You know I'm pinging my body armor. Every time. All game Until long. it's red. <laughs> All game long. So I, I think this is actually nice. Um, there's been a lot of requests about potentially requesting specific weapons, mm-hmm. um, which I think is something interesting. We can see kind of a progression on it the ping system. Depth, but could be cool. It'd be pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It really would. But I think this is kind of a, a nice step onto being able to say, you know what, I I need armor before mm-hmm. we push this fight. Yeah. I might have common, but I still need armor. Yeah. Like that's a fact of life. Mm-hmm. And now you can express that in the ping system, which I think is really healthy. 
Next, we have the badge selection UI has been updated. You can filter out all or unlocked badges and you can choose from those. You can look at arenas versus regular BR badges. It looks clean. The menus in general look really clean for this season. Season's looking clean. Season's looking clean. You had to update to play and there was some major changes that are well worth it. The game looks a lot better. Yeah. And then last quality of life we'll talk about today, a ring update, pre-shrink timer, and the shrink time were decreased between 7 and 30 seconds on rings. Most notably, the ring shrink time of ring 6 is now 60 seconds from initially 90 seconds. So we might actually see some late game, you know, altering changes with this uh, ring. Yeah. Four, five, and six were all impacted by this in some way at different degrees. Um, really, this is speeding up the game. This is speeding up the ring, speeding up the shrinks, less weighing around. Um, it's good. It's good for mm-hmm. both types of players. If you're running gun, this is good because you're going to be forced to move. Other mm-hmm. teams are forced to move. But if you're you know, playing the end ring, you're not going to be waiting as long yep. for teams to come to you. So this is a really good thing that I'm, I think is not too extreme uh, to make the games feel rushed, but I think it's going to be a nice little adjustment to what I think we've been feeling of some pacing problems, of kind of waiting in those middle games. I think this is aimed at fixing those. Totally. Let's wrap it up now by answering some five-star questions from Apple Podcasts. Get us rolling. First question coming from Shady Rex. I just started listening and recent recently, and I can already tell I'm going to be listening for a while. I'm really interested in the numbers of the weapons, and this podcast gives a ton of those, at least the episodes I've listened to. If I'm playing with some friends, we all like playing Octane, so Bloodhound would be a good replacement if I can't play Octane. Totally, yeah. Bloodhound, great replacement for Octane. Bloodhound for a long time was faster than Octane and the ult. Now they're a bit closer and more in line, uh, but we consider Bloodhound one of the faster legends that pairs well with Octane. Always recommend Bloodhound. Next question coming from Corrupt Joe. Played Apex at launch on Xbox, got back into it on my PC after finding this podcast a month or so ago. Powered through all the episodes at work. It's a great listen. Since I took such a long hiatus, my friends are way ahead of me skill-wise. Any tips to close the gap? Welcome back. So glad you found the podcast and are enjoying it. It's great to have you in the community. Um, really, I think the game's changed so much. So if it's I drastic. You, I'd be overwhelmed because mm-hmm. the shift is so crazy. But what I would say is the OG legends, still strong. Mm-hmm. Do not feel like you have to chase all the new legends and the shiny objects. The OGs are still really, really solid and there's no shame in playing Gibby. I think Arena is going to help you polish your gunplay also and get up to the skill yeah. cap that you uh, might be looking for. I'm not too worried about that at all. <laughs> I think you got it. He's got Joe. it. He's got it. Next question coming from Captain Tickle Fight. So I am embarrassed. I've been playing since day one and love everything about Apex Legends, lore, guns, characters, etc. I'm a big Titanfall fan now due to this game. Last month, I thought I would love more Apex in my life and wondered if there was a podcast out there. Lo and behold, I came across the third party and am mad I hadn't found it sooner. These guys are great and I feel like a better player already as I make my way through the catalog. If you're a fan of Respawn Apex Legends, you need to be a fan of this podcast. Question. I really enjoyed this past lore episode for season eight and you should do it every season. Something I have hoped for 
is the announcement of Titanfall 3, The Outlands. This would be a game set either pre or during the games and would be a campaign revolving around the legends. Pre-games would all would be all the originals and then getting into the games. During games could be any of the awesome cutscenes for any season drawn out in a campaign or some kind of playable story involving the games. I think this would be great and wanted to ask if you thought that also. Or would it be better to have the comics or possibly a TV show? Or more, or just season cutscenes. Keep it up, guys. Look forward to your insights on season eight, nine. I think he was actually saying insights on oh season my fifty-eight. Gosh, yeah. like insights we're on be, season fifty-eight. We're, we'll try. We're we'll going to be, be around for a while. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot. Appreciate the kind words as well, Captain Ticklefight. Fantastic read, Henry. And I gotta say that Titanfall Three: The Outlands is a fantastic name right now. I'm so excited for the hype of the lore that Tom's been kind of talking about for this season. I wonder if we're ever going to get PvP stuff. I think if we were going to get a Titanfall 3 game, though, I think we would want to keep it in the realm of Titanfall style, of pacing and gunfire and war really is kind of like the unfortunate thing for the story but it it, it's the unique signature that gives titanfall uh what it needs and what it deserves so i don't think like the cut scenes and that kind of stuff kind of fit into that i think we'd be more so looking at an adjacent storyline where we end up seeing crossover between the two uh i do love your idea of a tv show though something we've been talking about as we would be big fans of for a while now I'm super interested in your thoughts about um, the setting of potentially Titanfall 3. Mm-hmm. It's possible it could be in between Titanfall 2 and Apex. could be a, a prequel yeah. to Apex, potentially, or during the time, maybe after. Um, and yeah, I think Shay's right that likely a war will have to restart. Mm-hmm. But Hammond Robotics, the Syndicate, they have... We're approaching a war, stuff. maybe. Mm-hmm. Like they have stuff. They have stalkers. They still have automated, like military units. Yeah. Um. There could be a situation where the legends come together, mm-hmm. and Bangalore leads an army, and they kind of take on this big threat because the syndicate is no joke. Yeah. Like multi, multi planets, billions, trillions of dollars. So there is a potential threat there. Could be a great plot for a game. Next question coming from Golted. Man, first I just want to say thank you guys for working so diligently on bringing us great content and information. Not sure when this will be read, but I do have to ask, if you could pick two legends to be in the podcast with you, who would that be? One last question, if you were in the games, what would your abilities and loadouts be? That is a very good question. How many us pick favorites? I got one. I'm picking Mirage. Can you imagine Mirage on the pod with us? It'd be great. It'd be pretty fun. And I'd like to pick Gibby because it would just be a dream. Yep. But there's so many voice actors that are so nice. I mean, the whole cast, I could go down the entire list and they're all solid. And and like, if we don't know them very well, I'd love to meet them Mm -hmm. because all the legends I'm in love with, like they're so, so good. Hard, hard to pick. Hard to pick. Uh, On the other question though, what would our abilities and loadouts be? Check out our one-year anniversary episode. We had legend concepts uh, drawn up by some fans uh, about us and what our abilities would be in the games. So don't want to spoil that. Go check it out. Uh, they came up with some really fun, cool stuff. Next question coming from Jackson Lloyd. 
this podcast really is perfect. You guys have balanced lore with predictions, with stats, with best practices in a way that makes this podcast one of my favorite podcasts in general. I was genuinely bummed out today when I finally caught up with your latest episodes. I'd 10 out of 10 recommend this to anyone even slightly interested in Apex Legends. Question. So I've only been playing since the Switch release, and at first I found some success, but after hitting my 10th win, I found myself in a major rut. My KD has dropped significantly, and I haven't won a match in like 50 games. I've tried switching my legend and my loadout, but so far, I've still been stuck in my progress. Any recommendations for how to get out of a rut and continue progressing? Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Sounds like skill-based matchmaking might have uh, caught up with you, unfortunately, Jackson. Um, That's kind of how it goes. You rattle off some wins, and uh, you're going to be putting up against uh, higher competitions of people. I will say two quick things, and then I'll let Henry fill in. One, I think playing a smaller group of legends, one, two, three, one or two, is going to actually help you uh, dial in on the abilities and the play styles of the legends and make you a more effective player. Uh, So don't switch around a ton. Find people you're confident in and really like and stick to them for a bit and learn them. And then I'm just going to plug the Discord again. Join Discord, find some teammates, playing with three people. Going to be a lot easier to get dubs. Going to be a lot more fun. Uh, Yeah. I can just add in there, Jackson, that Shay and I were well steeped in Titanfall. We were day one players on Apex. We were hyped. We were day one grinders. Mm -hmm. It took us six months to really be good, get decent at the game. Mm -hmm. Like we were winning a game a week for six months. Yeah. And that's true. And then we flipped the switch. At one point in our lives, we went from winning a game a week to winning a game a day. Now we're where we are now, but oh my God, we were in that rut for a long time. A long, long time. And it's that challenge that I think keeps you in the game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you should let that discourage you because it's such a great game. Playing and the BR style really allows you to have a lot of mini victories so that different wins, different games can feel a lot different. So stay at it. Love the game. Last question coming from Fallout Fanatic. I'm a new player. I started in Season 7, but I really started getting into the game in Season 8. I really like to play Watson and Lifeline and love your podcast. It has made me learn so much that has helped me up my game. I have two questions for you guys. Number one, how can I master the arc star and sticking people? And number two, how can I effectively use Watson fences while already engaged in combat instead of using them just as a preventive measure? Love the pod. Thanks so much, Fanatic. That's very nice. First off, Arcstar, hard. What I can say is lead with the Arcstar. It's going to be your best bet. But other than that, I've probably stuck less than 20 people in my life. It's hard. It is quite rare. Mm -hmm. I'm excited because now we're switching over to PC. I feel like I can see. (laughs) And I think that the sticking is going to increase. Yeah, left and right. That's kind of interesting. Maybe that applies to you. Maybe not. It's hard. It's going to stay hard. Leading with the Arcstar, I think, is the best advice we can get. Totally. Uh, in terms of Watson fences while engaged in combat, uh, it's not the most mid-combat ability. It's not meant for that, but uh, I think when we've talked about her in the past, it's little things like, hey, I'm going to uh, pop these really quickly as I go through a doorway and try and catch people in that way. It's I can't think of a lot of other situations. You know, we say using them to shoot through, but even then, that's not like a mid-combat. Like, leading people through doors, working through buildings, and getting good at placing them as fast as possible to give yourself an extra second 
or maybe get that stun off. She's a defensive legend. Mm-hmm. It's a preventative ability. I, I don't want to say that she is not. Um, no. I like her kit. She has exactly. a lot of power. Um, but I think the strength of the fences is get that volume out. Pop mm-hmm. down the ult and get so many fences out that people don't want to even try. Yep. Very preventative. No doubt. That's going to wrap up our episode. That's a good one. Thank you also for sticking with us. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch, Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>